Jeremiah and myself and wife Sharon and then Russ and Kathy Faw and David Mayhew joined us uh, later in the, the uh, time and were there for the celebration uh, events that took place on Saturday and, and uh, Sunday. So uh, what we're going to, uh, but well, first of all, thank you for uh, praying for us. Uh, I do believe your, the God's, your prayers were answered. God gave us uh, great travel uh, without any hitches and, and good health in general. But beyond that, just a, uh, I think he did a work in our heart and I, beyond what we could ask or imagine. And uh, I think to the uh, churches in Macau also. And so uh, thanks for all your prayers and your support and for sending us. And uh, I think uh, we're just going to now, what we decided to do was just give each of the team members a, a chance to, uh, by video, give some of the highlights of the meaningful part of the experience uh, from their aspect, and so uh, we're going to hear from them now. First, I just want to say thank you again for allowing us to go and helping in all of your prayers. That It was an, an amazing trip and just over, um, overwhelmed by the kindness and the love of our brothers and sisters in Macau and in Hong Kong. And that was one of the things that first impressed me was just their their kindness and their Take willingness off of work and just to be able to show us the things that are important to them. Um, I would say that one of the biggest things that I learned and I see now in a different way is just the whole brotherhood of believers and even broader, just the brotherhood of humanity that as we had meals together and talking on the bus or as we're walking just seeing how many similarities there are between us as people, um, as people created in God's image and created by him, that we might use different utensils to eat and we might have a different language, but that we definitely have the same inner struggles and inner desires. We all have to answer those big questions in life. And that was one of the things that when that struck me first is that um, one of the pastors from China was sharing her testimony, and she talked about how it was. Um, she just realized that she didn't know, she didn't feel like she had a purpose, and she didn't even know why she was here. And it struck me that here is this woman from China sharing from her life, and it's the very same thing that my daughter, that Greer uses when she talks with college students in in England, and that it doesn't matter. I mean, it spans all of us, that we all have to think about that, the way that God made us, that he knows it. Uh, he made us for purpose. So it just really opened my eyes to that in a, in a bigger a bigger way. And then also just as, again, these conversations that people sharing frustrations of um, wanting to live godly at work and seeing corruption or seeing people not living honestly, but their desire to live honestly. And well, I, I think the, uh, the level of support and love that they showed one another is, uh, was impacted me the most. Uh, I thought it was a good example of how God intends the, the church to work together to encourage one another. And we saw them put their faith uh, to work in action, both uh, in the street ministry and in their church services, and, and uh, they, we often heard the testimony of how God's grace has been sufficient for them and to meet their needs. We had such a great time in Macau. It was just such a blessing to be there. And while we were there, the short time that we were there, we had multiple opportunities to visit one-on-one -on -one with the people. And I think that... Um, the thing that I remember or that impacted me the most was how as we conversed with them and just had conversations, we would usually end up by asking them, how could we encourage or support you? And their answer was almost always the same, and it just totally humbled me because it was, 
would you pray for us? So I was reminded of 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that says pray without ceasing. And I was challenged to come back home and to remember to pray for them and to stay true to that uh, commitment that I made to them. And so that uh, was probably the thing that I came home with um, being challenged to do. We also saw the fruit of uh, Paul and Dennis's labor over the years as an emphasis on their ministry was to disciple uh, those who have, had received Christ through their ministry. And uh, we uh, were just very impressed with the, the fact that Paul emphasized being aggressive with their faith to share Christ with others and not to be embarrassed about that, but to uh, just go out and and uh, spread the gospel. And we saw that that uh, was the case uh, as we, the uh, many individuals talked with us in that regard. I think for me, um, one of the most significant things that I noticed, or not really noticed, but appreciated, was how the mainland uh, China Christians um, were not afraid to meet in, in ways that are illegal there to worship Christ. And to me, that, that just really, that really touched my heart that they were willing to sacrifice, you know, everything to worship in the way that they wanted to. And uh, so that was really um, encouraging to me and uh, kind of almost convicting to me where sometimes we may be, you know, afraid to express our faith in certain social situations. And the only thing we have to fear is what somebody might think. And so that really was kind of a wake-up call to me to um, just wear Christ everywhere, you know, and just boldly speak his name. We got to see our friend Isaac again, and we really enjoyed it. We got to go to a school with him. Church. We really enjoyed it in China. We went to go see the pandas at the zoo. We really enjoyed seeing the pandas. And we saw two red pandas and two regular baby pandas and two adults. She was very nice. Okay, there maybe there was uh, also a video clip from Sharon and uh, David Mayhew that must have not made the cut. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, this was a this was a uh, hurry up production, and Wes has done very well. He and I agreed that if uh, if it goes well, that he gets the credit. If it goes badly, I get the blame. So <laughs> so jury's still out. But thank you, Wes, for putting this together very much. Uh, um, but uh, as you, as you could see, we were very well received. Uh, we were just oh, blessed with uh, just warm receptions, many fine meals. They put out their finest banquet spread for us. Uh, it was uh, just amazing. But they, and you can't, uh, really can't outgive them. We exchanged gifts on that uh, Saturday evening banquet, and, and they presented us uh, 
our church with this uh, wall hanging. It's a very nice uh, file. It says, love one another. And so that'll be, I would think, hanging on our wall somewhere in the, in the church. But, but I might also uh, might pass along uh, some comments from Diana. She is uh, home ill today, but uh, she had a great experience, just uh, elated every day with what she was able to experience there and, uh, and uh, just the celebration of uh, really the culmination of 30 years of work there in, in Macau. But uh, for Paul and Diana, there were many years of preparation even in, prior to that. But it was especially meaningful that she had, uh, well, all four sons there. And uh, they were together, but also her sister Nancy from Texas was, and husband Larry were there also. And so uh, I just wanted to pass on her, um, I guess, great, uh, great thoughts and uh, great, uh, it was just such a great ex experience for her. But um, um, so maybe uh, uh, the team is giving me maybe permission to uh, summarize in some ways what we, what we did encounter there uh, beyond what they've said. And by the way, um, I think we're all as a team willing to, uh, at some other venue, show more photos, speak, uh, answer questions, and, and maybe at a Sunday evening dessert or something. But there's just so much that we could each say, each of us could speak for uh, a long time about what we experienced. But just uh, anyway, keep that in mind. We were, are available to do that, but, but uh, as I mentioned, the, the Saturday evening uh, banquet was a great time of celebration. Uh, it, was, um, um, it was like no other banquet that I've been to. Again, it was a great food, but, but we sat in tables where we um, each uh, were speaking in our own <laughs> tongue, our own language, but there was a bond uh, and Christ that was uh, very apparent, very thrilling, really. And uh, it was a banquet where there was no need for uh, a lot of dry speeches because everyone fully knew why we were there. It was just uh, there was very much uh, a, a celebration, a great joy among us that were there. And uh, the Sunday morning, uh, service on the 30th we uh, we assembled you've seen some of the photos of that but uh, that also was just a great time of worship and and really the uh, uh, seeing the several hundred gathered there that are uh, representing the church in Macau that, uh, many have uh, were, that were saved in the churches there have moved on to other areas some in, to the mainland but but the, uh, the ones that were there, to, to me, it was just such a visual of the, the fruit that comes about from the ministry of the Great, great Wall team, Paul and Diana, and co-founders, uh, Dennis and Denise. There were many others along the way, but they uh, really, it's quite a, quite a story. Um, we have a a 30-year anniversary implies there's 30 years of history. And so I, part of the uh, great experience for me was uh, being there, recounting the history, thinking about, okay, what's it like to go to an area where you've learned the language, but maybe you're still not real fluent. You have no contacts. You have no place to live. You have no money, and you're going to start a church going to plant a church. So being there just kind of put some of us into that, uh, that perspective, okay, this is, this is how it started. And so the, um, and the, uh, I think the story, part of the history, the story is that it was uh, really not, uh, not always easy. There was, uh, there was a lot of difficulties, obstacles, uh, setbacks, heartaches, and, and uh, I, uh, 
having uh, more years of history myself, <laughs> was able to, uh, through the years, gather uh, uh, Paul and Diana's prayer letters. And so we have a file at home that, that has pretty much all the years. And, and reading through those, it, it is, it reads somewhat like a very much a historical account, but you see how much uh, dedication, how much uh, faith takes, it took, uh, to, uh, to persevere, really, to be faithful. And I think uh, Paul and Dennis both would uh, um, agree that they came, they're fairly ordinary men, <laughs> and, but they were, had a definite call, and they were obedient to God's calling. And uh, that's, I would say, is what allowed them to persevere through the difficulties and the hardships and so on. But the, but the Sunday morning service was just a, uh, to me, it was just a, such a visual of the fruit that came about through, through their toil, through the prayers, through what God did, and even through the prayers of many of us that were supporting. But what a, what a great thrill that was. And also for, um, uh, Sharon and I, we were able to uh, meet some of the, well, we all did, meet some of the Chinese uh, brothers and sisters that came from the mainland, and uh, what a great occasion to worship together with them, and uh, and actually, I should mention, maybe say this, but uh, when Sharon and I were uh, um, considering, still considering whether we would go as part of the delegation, Paul came out to visit and kind of gave us some more detail about the itinerary, but he says, Dave and Sharon, we really need to go because there's going to be brothers and sisters from the mainland that, that, were, that were, some were pastors, they were saved, another street ministry, the ministry here, they'd gone to the China and they're um, ministering there. And he was he was right. We <laughs> we really did need to go and see that. We're very grateful that we were able to. So, um, but I, I so a few uh, highlights for me. Um, maybe the I could mention. Um, um, we did visit the uh, Protestant cemetery in uh, Macau, and uh, th there's a grave site for, uh, with grave of Dr. Uh, Robert Morrison, and uh, he, he was uh, the first Protestant missionary to China. I think he arrived in about 1807 or something like that. But both Paul, both Paul and Dennis, uh, through the years, gained much inspiration from this doc, Dr. Morrison. And, and again, think about that. If you were sent to a vast uh, uh, continent, a mass of people, and you were the first Protestant to go there. <laughs> How would you begin? How would you? Well, he he uh, he was asked, uh, and and from Dennis's uh, account and Dennis studies <laughs> has studied the life of Robert Morrison. He said he was uh, uh, by human appearance wouldn't have made the cut as a, uh, a missionary. Most mission committees or mission boards would have passed him over, but uh, he was obedient to his call, and uh, at one point, when he, probably when he arrived or when he was being sent, uh, he was asked, uh, uh, and so, Mr. Morrison, do you really expect to make an impression on the idolatry in the great of the great Chinese empire? To which he replied, no, sir, but I expect God will. <laughs> and so I think that's, you can see why uh, uh, Paul and Dennis uh, uh, drew a lot of inspiration from his life. And, and I, I think I, I did too, because, uh, because uh, another, uh, um, I think, uh, very inspirational moment for me related to this was the very Sunday evening after the, uh, all of the celebration 
uh, events, but we were in the service in the, the Great Hope Church until actually 10.30 p.m. <laughs> Cindy. But Dennis, Dennis was the, came up to speak and, or give a few comments. But he said, what's, uh, what's the commonality among all believers that he's met? He's, he works with missionaries primarily in member care, but he's, he visits with many pastors. And through the years, he said, what is common is the lowest sense of value. And I was kind of struck by that, okay. Um, but I think I could relate to that. Maybe some of you in the room can. I think we kind of have these doubts. What do we? What do I have to offer God? What can God do with such an ordinary person? But uh, Dennis said the gospel is greater than all of our inadequacies. God is greater than our inadequacies, and so it just takes uh, a willing, willing servant to go and be obedient. So um, another aha moment for me was uh, uh, Saturday afternoon we were in a meeting with uh, uh, the Chinese, I mean the Macau brothers and sisters of the three churches and uh, we had heard somewhat of a timeline for the, the, uh, the Macau ministries and Paul and Dennis's work there and um, and Paul at one point said, would the, would the mother church please stand up? And uh, I thought, okay, well, that's, that means us from Grace Point. And I have to say that um, there was a light that came on to me <laughs> in a way that it hadn't before. Being in that setting with these brothers and sisters around me and thinking, whoa, there was a birth of a church here, and what is and a mother being a mother implies some ownership, some care, some nurturing, and so on. There's a there's a bond in that relationship that can never be broken, and so I had to admit maybe I'm I'm slow to catch on sometimes, <laughs> but but that was uh, the, an aha moment where whoa this is this is what we've been talking about and building relationships, why the relationship is important with these these churches. And so I think Paul is going to speak some more about, about that. But uh, so um, that's a brief recap of our, our experience. And again, um, um, I know that's brief, but uh, we will say more at a different time if uh, you would like us to. But I'm going to have Paul come on come up now, but, uh, but Paul, I'd, I would like to say on, be, on behalf of uh, Grace Point, congratu congratulations on your 30-year anniversary, and well done, well done, and uh, we're just uh, praising God for you. Okay. Thank you. That was a, yeah. <clears throat> Where did that fit into the script? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, thank you, and I'm very honored to be a part of this church, my mother church. And um, by the way, you put this up the right way. Good job. <clears throat> um, so uh, I know that uh, some of you maybe are getting a little tired of uh, sitting there, so why don't you stand up for a second here and... Uh, I'll have a short prayer so at least we can uh, stand a few moments and ask the Lord to continue to bless our time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for your great love for each one of us. You selected us from eternity past to be your children. And it is our forever blessing, forever uh, privilege to be your children and to name the name of Jesus as our very own. And we thank you, and we love to be called by the name of Jesus, and we love to call your name Jesus. Uh, today, Father, may you continue to lead and guide us. May your spirit continue to work within us to cause us to become more like you, Lord Jesus, and to build up the church in a greater significant way so that we may take this gospel and 
continue to spread it around the world until you come back, Lord Jesus, for us, your beautiful church. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> and uh, thank you, kids, for uh, being here. Uh, that uh, My part doesn't have uh, any pictures of people, so uh, it's going to be drier or whatever uh, than what uh, Dave had to share there. But uh, these are si significant uh, things that I've uh, considered over uh, watching the past three weeks, and especially, especially the last ten days when the team was with us in our midst here. It's uh, really a cool thing to see these church-to-church -church relationships growing. And it all started by you guys sending me over there 30-some uh, years ago, which is a necessary thing in that. And it was all that whole relationship was totally dependent upon one couple, uh, the Mayhews and uh, their children. But now, praise God, that now it's church-to-church -church relationships. Uh, we have been able to facilitate this church-to-church. -church. We've helped us birth churches out there, and now we, they're mature enough to come to be, be with the mother church, other uh, churches here, to have this growing relationship church-to-church, -church, uh, which is very cool for me to think about. And the more time goes, the, the grayer my hair gets, the more frail I get, the further I step into the background and see the churches just take on and have a life for themselves, whatever, whatever that may be. I really don't know exactly where that's going, but it is going and uh, being led by the Spirit of God. So uh, the next few minutes, I want to give five highlights or, or perspectives about the church. And uh, missions, basically, I think, is about doing church. Uh, it's called ecclesiology, if you go to seminary classes and so, so forth. And that's what I want to talk about the next few minutes here in this area. And uh, first of all, the background of the church. Uh, Jesus made this promise in Matthew. Says, uh, he said, I also say to you, Peter, uh, that you are Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And those of you who have watched me for 30 years out there, uh, when the church in 1995, we about closed one church truly down and sold a property, but uh, the people out, out there said, no, this is Jesus' church. We are not closing it down. And today that's the great love church, the strongest church. And they just got back a few, a few hours ago from going back up into China, back up just uh, about 100 miles away from where three weeks ago one of our pastors and church was shut down and that uh, pastor and leader she's been detained she's been the police and the cultural department the religious affairs of bureau been to see her every day for the last three weeks giving her hassles and putting pressure on her and and folks from the great love church just went up over the weekend last week we were there they were they're hosting all of us you know hundreds of us around there and yet they sent a team up this past three days and went up and ministered in a church up there. Praise God that the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. And it has continued to grow. Then the, actually, when did the church start? Well, it started in Acts 2 there. At the end of Acts 2, when Peter and all got up and preached, that's the first time the church ever came into existence. Prior to that time, it was a mystery. And who knows? Not even the angels were aware of what the church was going to be about. So in this age, what we're talking about right now, we are in the church age and we are getting to experience the church. David, Abraham, Goliath, all those guys, they didn't get to experience the church. We get to experience the church right now. We're in the midst of building history. We're making church history right now. We get to do that and it is our great privilege. And so you'll hear me talk much about the church, little about the kingdom of God. There's a difference in theology in the background. And Gary, he ta talks and preaches about that as well. Yes, the kingdom is in us. God is building his kingdom in us. But God is not building his kingdom in America. He's not building his kingdom in China. He's building his church in America. He's building his church in China. That's what we're about, building the church. And we get to do it cross-culturally in different areas here. So the church and the church. There's a difference here. The one with the big C... I talked about last week in China there. The one is a big C and the one with a little C. The big C is a universal church. It had its beginning there. It's a mystery. And then the implications of what it means to be a local church as a part of the big universal church there. And uh, being a part of the church 
it has a sense of intimacy. When we are a part of the body of Christ, that means we are a part of Jesus himself, not his, like his physical body, but his body, which is the church. We are a part of that, and that is a very intimate thing. And intimacy necessitates association. You can't be intimate with some person or maybe, no, maybe you have I had a really, I, I had a horse, I, his name was Comanche, I loved him a lot. And then I had a dog named Candy, I lo- loved her a lot too. And maybe I was kind of intimate with them in a relationship, but not like I am with my sons and, and you guys here. It, intimacy, it requires association. Uh, if you don't have other people around you, you can't be intimate with them. So being in the body of a Christ re- requires that. Then relationship demonstrates universality. That that means, here, we have relationships. And if you look at the words, especially in Colossians 1.28, where, where it's about building the church and establishing the church is all, all, all. Three times, right, Wes? It says all. Three times in that passage. And that means universal. When you spread the gospels, go everyone, go everywhere, building up. So it's this all, the universe. It's universal, and we're all together in this whole thing. So... We can't just be a little afraid of grace point right here. We cannot be. We, we may want to be or we may go into that, but we cannot be and we are not actually theologically. We're, not, we're a part of the bigger picture. And last week when we had the five churches all together in Macau, we had the, the global, CB Global, the, the church of Bangladesh, Myanmar, uh, India, uh, uh, America, a whole, whole bunch of different countries, Japan, all gathered there. We're all together in the universal church, and we're all together. Then when they talk about the universal church, it talks about authority. These, the keys that P- Peter received from, from uh, Jesus is not the Roman papacy uh, there, but the, the keys that were given is authority is given to the local church here, given to the big church and then local church, and it rests within the local church here. So when in a minute I'm going to talk about the mother church and the sending church and what authority does a mother church have, what authority does a sending church have to send a missionary out or to send a missionary team out like you guys went out uh, last week there. Sending demonstrates authority and implicates obligations. So that's a bit of this idea when Dave says the aha moment. Oh, okay, you guys sent me out, yes, and helped to start churches out in China. But a lot of people, and for my mother church maybe, or for my sending churches here in America, yeah, Paul did that work out there. And that's kind of Paul's churches or something like that. But there's not necessarily the sense of, oh, well, where did he get the authority to go over there? Where did that come from? Where is this, where is this line passing to? Right here. Didn't start in Paul or, or Dennis in, in that respect. So here's a sending church, mother church, and I call it a hometown church. Now, these are kind of general terms, uh, but uh, actually there's a number of books being written on these things. Sending church, Acts 13, the first one that we see is where uh, Paul is sent out, Paul and Barnabas are sent out by their church, and probably it's their home church as well, uh, maybe your mother church as well there, but it's a sending church, the one that took the authority to send them out. And three weeks ago, I think you guys, didn't you? Didn't you call all the team up here? And you sent, sent the team of seven, I believe, out to uh, Hong Kong, Macau out there. You sent them out. That's like a sending church. That's what a sending church. And by why do you do that? Because you actually chose people to represent you. You sent them out to represent Grace Point out there in Macau and in China. Did they carry any authority with them when they went? And you can be very proud of those two kids sitting right there, I'll tell you. You can be, you burst your buttons, as they used to say. You can be so proud of those two kids. I didn't hear them complain one time myself. Maybe they did. I didn't hear it. And especially in front of all the Chinese, everything, the, even the, the chicken feet, everything is put on their plate. They ate it or tried it. And from what I saw, every time they ate meal, they had chopsticks in their hand. Every time. And we ate a lot of Chinese food. Now, that's probably quite amazing for them. I'm not sure. I'm so proud of them. But you can be very proud of them. But what were they doing out there? 
Yes, they're representing mom and dad. They're representing Jesus, yes, but who else are they representing? Grace Point. And what the people saw at Grace Point has raises good kids. I'll tell you that. That was a message loud and clear. Grace Point feels that kids are important. Look, Grace Point gave money to send them out there. Grace Point feels like this is something worthy. Grace Point feels that missions is for kids, not just adults and old people. Grace Point feels it. That's why you, that's a mother church. That's a sending church kind of a concept. Whereas you sent them out as representatives out there, and they represented you very well. Very well. Give a hand to yourself right there. <laughs> Praise God. There is a strong testimony of that by how you behaved yourselves. Because I have, I have hosted hundreds and hundreds of people out there. We used to host 200 and some people every year that come out, short terms. I have a long, long, long ears about gripes, let me tell you, and how people can do it. Well, why didn't you do it this way? It's a lot better, isn't it? Yes. They've been out there five days. So the next thing is a mother church. Now, for this one, as a mother church, is I consider Grace Point as my mother church. I started going here in 1972. My mom and dad moved down here from Kettle Falls in 1972, so I started attending this church, as, as, and I consider it as my mother church, not my sinning church. I have a sinning church down in Portland, Oregon. It's called Westland uh, Baptist Church down there who actually sent me out to go with the mission and so forth. So I make a bit of distinction. For some people, it's the same. So uh, the uh, Hewitts back here. Uh, when you went, when we sent you guys, your fam, you and then your family out uh, to Macau a few years ago, uh, I would say that Grace Point would be considered your ascending church, your mother church, and your hometown church for you. Now, we sent Wes uh, uh, two years, well, about almost two years ago now, and uh, Krista and then Emma, and we went out, and uh, I would say that uh, the home... The, your um, sending church is Grace Point, West. I would say that that would be something. Now, uh, for Krista, I would say Krista, uh, Grace Point is also your mother church. Now, I don't think we can say about your dad that uh, Grace Point is his hometown church because he's from Yakima, and he's a Presbyterian for that. <laughs> <laughs> so now, but you, you've been kind of raised here, Krista. In this, so I would say your hometown church is actually also Grace Point. So all three could kind of fit you in this kind of context. Now, I am not making big theological distinctions here, but I am trying to make a, a, an, an idea here that somebody that sins and a mother church has a biological relationship, this thing. And we're saying a spiritual biological thing here. Some implications. The churches in Macau are not our sister churches. Some of our churches up in China are sister churches, but half of them up in China are daughter churches. Get where I'm going? You guys sent me as the mother church, and the DNA came through me, and it's in Macau. Three churches there. You helped birth those churches. Now, some of the churches up in China, we kind of adopted them, and they came alongside us. We didn't really start them. They were already going. So they would be more like sister churches. They weren't ones we birthed. There's a bit of a different relationship there. And so if we have daughter churches out there, then like for Dave Gossett, aha, they're... I mean, if you have children, you have granddaughters, then you have some bit of a responsibility to these people. It's not just pulsing out there. Familiar responsibility is almost like this biological thing. We have, a re because we have genuine relationship here, it's not just something's convenient, but we actually have responsibility. Since we sent them, we are in back of them to go out there, then that would be something. And I, I often I hear this term, in our church and some other churches, that it's, we partner with Paul and Diana. 
I, I really get it. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with all that. It's no big deal. But I think it's a little bit more like I'm in partnership with you guys. You're the mother church. I'm partnering. I get to be your tool or <laughs> you can send me out there. So I get to partner with you guys in doing this. That's maybe a little more accurate way of looking at the thing. Because the mother church has the authority and so forth to, to do these things. There's a sending church there. And I make this clarification often in China, especially now that the churches are getting started and I'm, I'm no longer planting a church myself. When I go to these, I don't know, we have 20, 30-some churches go, going out there, is that I never go in and say, okay, I'll be at your church on Sunday morning. I want to preach at 10 a.m. Uh, there and just set it up for me. I don't do that. If I was a senior pastor, I might do that, but I'm not. I say, I'm going to be in town, I'm planning on coming, and how can you use me? Get the difference? Yes, I am, I am an older pastor. I am an older missionary. I have started a number of churches. Yes, I teach seminary. I do all this kind of stuff. Yes, that's true. But I don't pack that authority around with me. I may have personal authority because of so much experience, maybe so, and being consistent in ministry, but I don't carry this, this thing, this baton of authority. That authority rests in that local church. When that local church gets started, that local church has got its own authority. So the authority that comes with keys, when Jesus planted the start of the church, then it got that authority, his spiritual authority, when that little group becomes its, its bona fide church, then Jesus' authority rests within that church and moves on. If I'm sent out here, then yes, okay. Have the word of God. Mother Church sends me to Macau. Yes, I carry that authority with me because I'm sent out there with that spiritual authority. Now I build a church, work on work. Okay, they become a church. They're, they're preaching the word of God. They're doing baptism. They're doing Lord's Supper, church discipline, giving money and all that kind of stuff. Okay, now they're their own local church. And I'm no longer their central pastor. We've got a Chinese man there. So now I... I back off, and just because I have that experience no longer means that I'm authority over them. They have authority within themselves. And if they want to ask me to preach, good. If they don't want to ask me to preach, that's okay too. That's within that local assembly there. Now, here's another implication for us and for some of you younger ones that are out here. Now, giving is not only the responsibility of the church, but of you as an individual to give missions and in particular I'm saying this when a lot of people kind of say you, you move in from another area coming to church here and uh, <clears throat> that uh, you don't even know who mission maybe didn't even know who Paul Mayhew is that we even support missionaries or whatever well you know I don't I don't know Mayhew's I don't know the Bjorklands uh, or the Berklands down there in uh, 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 Mexico I don't know these people I don't know Greer over in, in uh, England. So if I don't know him, I'm not responsible to support him, right? No, the church, that's what the church is on the budget. The church gives it. That's the church's responsibility. Is that right? Maybe there's kind of a sense of that going around. Well, if I don't know them, I don't have responsibility for them. I'm not their brother's keeper, Right? So maybe you'd be thinking about that for implications here. That the mother church, yes, it is a church's responsibility to give and to, to do missions. But who makes up the church? Us as individuals. And it's not just the older ones who have relationship with, people, with the missionaries, but it's everybody that's in this local church. We all have the responsibility to give to, to help support those things. Now, Another thing is generational discipleship. That uh, we were able to demonstrate that uh, out in Macau quite well, and it didn't really show up good on the on the pictures. I don't think you guys really got the picture; didn't express it well. We had one picture. There's we had six rows of individuals lined up here, and we had I think six different churches that were representative of generational discipleship going on in the churches. I'll come back to that sometime and, and preach another sermon where we'll actually demonstrate it, I think, 
to, to get it across better. But relational discipleship is where we are leading somebody to the Lord, and just like Jesus did, Jesus came in, he led the 12 disciples to, to himself, discipled them, and then they started discipling Paul with, with Timothy and Silas and others. Okay, that's something that just multiplies, and you keep doing it, and it doesn't have any time limit. In fact, I would think within, you could, ha- you could be spawning, you could be, that's not a bad, that's a bad word, sorry. You could be having uh, more disciples. You could be making more disciples, I'd say, every couple of years or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't know how long it would take, but it wouldn't take as long as it takes to do biological generation. So, Bill Hewitt, you have a great illustration of biological discipleship going here. One generation, two generation, and Emma, three generation. Three generations of biological rela- of discipleship going on. And, Bill, you have it sitting around your table right now as well, right? One, two, three, sitting there. And churches like this, rural churches in particular, we get to experience this a lot. And it's something we need to be about. We have to be about that as well. But that is not all there is to discipleship. In fact, I think probably the greater emphasis in the Word word of God in, in the church age is about doing relational discipleship where we're training somebody Okay, right now I'm, tra- I'm discipling Tobin and, and David. And pretty soon, Tobin and David are going to be discipling somebody else. That thing is, is not just relational because we're biologically related, but it's something relational, training other people to do other stuff. So that's something that uh, we see and they experienced, I think, in Macau was, was good there. So it's not an either or, but it's both and. We've got to be about both, both these aspects in our, our work. And I see that. We saw that. I think you guys saw it. Now we have Isaac, uh, little Isaac out there. He's second generation and uh, going on. And so who knows uh, where that's going to carry out in the future here. Grace Point mission philosophy. So this is another thing that that I wanted to comment on. Because what you guys did and have done in the past few years is really paying the benefits. It is, is making a huge difference. When we get together as a mission team, our, our uh, GO team, that we've thought about some ideas of, of mission philosophy. How can we get missions more of a part of the DNA, more of a part of our value system in our, our uh, church here? Uh, and one is try to help establish personal connections or relationships with missionaries. That's the first one. Help, the, help you guys here to meet some missionaries or make some kind of a connection because a lot of younger people coming in don't have those relationships. It's not like it used to be when uh, Bill's dad was here, when uh, Frank Horrell was here, when uh, the fa, you know, father, <laughs> father Fa and Mother, mother Fa were here. I mean, these guys just had missions sticking out all over them. It was just a, really apparent here. Younger generation, not so. So what are we trying to do here? We are trying to send, send you guys, encourage you guys as families to go out. And by God's grace, there are three wonderful illustrations sitting right here in church right, right now this morning. Hewitt family, Wes and Krista, and the Johnson family. We have made a concerted effort to ask them to go to Macau. At different times, the mission committee and the elders got together and said, okay, who can we re- get to send out to Macau that are younger families? Because we want to have family, focus on families, and we want to focus on young people, especially our children. Get it way down to the, the little kids so that as they grow up, it'll be a part of their, their value system about doing missions out there. Hey, it's working. It's really working. I don't know, Emma, do you have that sack of, of gifts right there? Can you just stand up and show the sack of gifts, please? This is unpre- unprepared to. Just stand up and show. Stand. Okay, see that? That is a whole pack of gifts sent from Macau young people to give to their family. Now, why? Because there's a relationship. They have made a relationship together. And that's a part of it. That's like we're doing church here. We're putting the relationships are coming together. There's value. Emma has greater value, greater sense of, of awareness and commitment, something uh, out there, as well as them with here. And I'm sure the same will be with for Jeff and uh, Lily as time goes. And it's a personal thing that we're, 
that's happening. It's not just something you hear on the papers. Now, this one, brothers and sisters, you all have been very, very faithful as well as many others uh, here. God answers prayer. God answers prayer for the team that you just sent out there. They had no money to begin with. The Johnson family, when this whole thing started, they said, where in the world is the money ever going to come from? And I think you got too much money, right? Actually, at the end of the old, when the whole time ended, I think you came back with, with a bunch of money in your hand. God answered prayers. God answered prayers for great weather out there. God answers prayers that peop people were able to get out of China. One, one of the leaders, she couldn't come out of China because the police broke in on their, their church and tried to close it down and stuff. But the, the majority got out there. All of, all the thing, all it all happened. God answered the prayers. And the, the, the following the, that verse down there that you guys had on the big plaque that you just gave to the churches out there, now to him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church. It's not just us individuals. It is us individuals, but we are in the church. And the church is bigger than Grace Point. The church is bigger than Great Hope Church. The church is bigger than Great Faith Church way up in China. The church is big. It's all of us together. And we get to experience it. And by God's grace, to him be the glory. That all of this is working in a beautiful scenario as it all works together. That like just God is just allowing the glory just to flow up through his church up into his own very presence. It's a, it was a wonderful experience last week. If only you could have been there. Uh, th that was amazing uh, worship service together. God is faithful. Our, our theme verse for Diana and me, faithful is he who calls you who will also bring it to pass. God is faithful. He's faithful to you and to me. He's faithful to his church. He's faithful to Grace Point. He takes like for Diana and me, I grew up in Kettle Falls. Diana grew up way down in Vega, Texas, out on the farm, out on the ranch. Lack of natural linguistic ability. Okay, what you guys saw last week, me speaking to everybody, like, okay, uh, you got to remember where I came from because that was not a part of my, my abilities before. Low self-esteem, totally. Uh, started from scratch, no money, nothing, yes few resources, low profile. We couldn't talk much about it because we work in China, so not that many people can really know what we're doing. So we can't, got to be careful. Plus, Macau is a graveyard of missionaries. And uh, it's a very difficult place to work, but by God's grace, the church is planted there and going on. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we do love you. May you be 